Welcome to Story Chats at Inspi Romance. I'm Elizabeth Madry, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Narelle Atkins. I'm Valerie Comer, coming to you from a blank beige wall at a retreat center where it is <laughs> snowing outside. And uh, I did not bring my cat, sorry. No. You didn't take your cat on the church retreat. <laughs> it did not. <laughs> huh. Is Cooney a travel cat? Could you take Cooney places or is Cooney a home cat? Not, be, not no. a travel cat. Okay. <laughs> Just taking care of the dog. That's her job. There you go. There you go. And we have Heather Gray joining us today. We were supposed to have Deb, but uh, Deb Kastner, but she is um, she is ill, sadly. So she will not be joining us. And uh, we're going to talk about our new multi-author project, Easter in Gilead. Um, so thank you, Heather, for joining us. Thank you for having me. So um, Easter in Gilead is a little project that the four of us plus Deb uh have been working on um gosh for a year and a half ish a year Valerie and I started talking about it probably two years ago and we've we've had a fascinating coming and going of various authors and the the five of us are who ended up shaking out when all was said and done (laughs) um looks like Valerie's frozen (laughs) fairly sad she looks like she fell asleep um (laughs) (laughs) Oh, her Wi-Fi at the retreat center is not amazing, but she should hopefully get back here before. Yeah. Um, so but in series, it's set around um a passion play. So uh the the story of the death and cru- the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, uh, that the Gilead Bible College puts on every year. And um that is a made-up thing. Now she's completely disappeared. That's very sad. So um anyway. That is what the store, the basic like theme is Easter themed. And we're going to talk a little bit about it as we go. So we'll start off with Norelle. <laughs> yes. As a reader, what do you love about multi-author projects? Well, I think there's a few things I love. One is that it's a great opportunity to discover new authors and authors that you wouldn't necessarily um, go looking for I mean there are so many books on Amazon like how do you find a book on Amazon and so a multi-author series is a great way to meet um, new authors who write what you like to write and Valerie's back excellent <laughs> and yeah, the other thing I like wi-fi here at the retreat center <laughs> that's okay. okay Valerie's gonna you know pop in and pop out like Cooney <laughs> <laughs> now I'm it's all cat. good oh good yes <laughs> and the other thing that I really like is the connected stories so I love series that are really connected I'm the reader that loves following an author when their characters move from one series to the next and all that kind of fun stuff and in a multi-author series you usually get those fun connections and characters that pop in and out of stories and I really enjoy sort of getting absorbed in that sort of story world that sort of branches off in some really cool ways how do you reconcile that love for interconnectedness with the fact that you don't read in order Oh, because it doesn't matter. I mean, you know what's going to happen. A romance is always going to have a happily ever after. And it's the way my brain works. Like I can jump in. It's And even with writing and outlining, I can jump around as well. So I'm quite happy to to know that these people over here ended up together. And reading the blurb, you know they end up together. And then I'll go back and explore that. I don't have to do in a series in order unless it has to be read in order. Right. If that makes sense. And it's your awesome. definition of that is different than mine. Yes. yes. We, we <laughs> well, if it's a, like, if it's a mystery or if it's something that's very specific that you've got to find a clue in each book to get to the end, then I will read that series in order okay. because otherwise you don't understand what's going on. But with um, contemporary Christian romance, usually you can jump around a bit if you want to. Okay. And it's true. Right. Yeah. Right. Fair. All right, Heather, what as a reader do you love about multi-author projects? Well, like Narelle, I really enjoy series where you get to know the characters and you you see the relationships between the characters develop and grow over time. Um, one of the differences between reading a series that's written by one author and a series that's written by multiple authors is you get different perspectives in a multi-author set. You know, you see the same characters in each book, at least cameos, but you get different um, a different way of looking at them. And I enjoy that. Valerie? I like seeing other people's takes on the same setting. 
um, the, the characters that, that come in and out, that like all the tertiary people, right? The Just the random people in town and, and just seeing different people crop up, not just the main characters, but the background. I like seeing that. It, it becomes more three-dimensional, I think, the more people you have poking at it. I mean, sometimes there's holes, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. That's fine. You, if you read out of order, you don't notice holes. No. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> all right. All right. That's a pro right there. Maybe we'll all start reading out of order now. No. <laughs> no, I, I can't. I don't. It just makes my skin crawl just even saying it. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> um, I think uh, going last, I got all of my answers taken. So, um, yeah, I, all of that. I would agree. Um, I do enjoy also, it sometimes can be a way to meet a new author, like with a box set, you know, you have authors who you know, and then they invite people who maybe you don't know. And so I like being able to meet new authors in a sort of friendly setting, if you will. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, and I, I think that, that, that can be fun too. It's not quite like a cold call then. Right, exactly. It's not, you're not staring at it on Amazon going, I don't know, it sounds good, but I've never read them. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. What about as a writer? Narelle, do you look for opportunities to be in multi-author series? Do you only join them if you're sought out? Um, you have mixed feelings about them, love them, whatever. Speak. Well, I've organized one, so I can say <laughs> I do love them. And I think I would do more multi-author series if I had time. But you need to be able to work to specific deadlines. And my life is not necessarily conductive at the moment to actually getting things done on time. So my reluctance to say to join us a box set series would be pretty much time and deadlines. And can I actually fulfill a commitment and do this? And so that would probably be the main reason I would say no, would be I just can't fit it in as much as I would love to do it. Oh, sorry. Um, I, much like Narelle, it's a time issue. I enjoy doing um, multi-author projects. I enjoy doing box sets and I've enjoyed doing um, the something like Eastern Gilead where it's in, you know, in that same space with different authors. Um, I don't, I, I shouldn't say, I won't say I don't seek them out because I have in the past, I've, I've led some box sets. Um, so I, but they're, they're different seasons of life. And at this stage of my life, I'm fairly busy. Um, so I don't seek them out, but if one comes to me, then I, then I take a minute and I'm like, okay, is this, is this something God wants me to be involved in? And, um, and if I, it is, then I go in with both feet, um, and do the best I can. Yeah. Valerie? Well, considering this is uh, the second one that Beth and I have <laughs> jumped into together and, and coordinated together, I guess I don't avoid them. Um, I don't generally... I, I don't generally seek them out other other than that. Um, I have turned down a couple of invitations and it's mostly, like you said, um, time, like. Uh oh, all right. Well, while she's frozen, <laughs> I, I will answer. Um, I, like you guys, um, I don't necessarily seek them out. I have, okay. oh, nope. are you back? We lost you. Of time. course, you lost me. Yeah, you were um, talking about time. Yeah, well, time. Time. Didn't that say anything? <laughs> um, yeah, it, it has to resonate with what I want to give to my readers as well. Um, so, yeah, so it has to mesh in time, but also other ways. So, yeah, that's a good point too, because yeah, that um, that is more important to me now. Uh, it should have been important from the beginning, but it's more important to me now because I am really trying to be more strategic about making sure I can tie it in with other things that my readers um, have read or might go on to read so that it can become like an entry point for something. Um, just from a business perspective, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then my other thing is I, it, it, it does depend on the mix of authors. Um, you know, there are there are person everybody has their own personality um and and it's good to have like they they live and die i feel like multi-author projects can live and die on the personality mix um so uh i know my personality doesn't always mesh 
beautifully with some personalities and, and I'm sure vice versa, you know, it's, you do have to be self-aware to be, to be in something like this, I think. You need to be a team player and yeah. some people think they're team players, but they're actually not. Yeah. So that can also be tricky to navigate as well, yeah. but you've got to be prepared to compromise. And you've, if you've got a, if you're a very strong person on having a vision for a setting and can't compromise on details changing, then you're probably not a good author candidate to be yeah. in a connected series. So it's just, there's some common sense, I think that goes with that as well. Yep. All right, so specifically, what was it about Easter in Gilead that drew you to the series, Narelle? I think for me, Easter is something we talked, we had the Easter episode, which I think inspired the whole thing in the first place. And that was when we were talking to Lee Tober McLean in that episode. Mm -hmm. And I really thought about how we don't have that many books that are focused on Easter. Everything's Christmas. Like, like Christmas is like the big um, Christian event on the calendar in not just um, contemporary Christian romance and pretty much all of Christian fiction focuses more on Christmas whereas Easter is just as important as Christmas and so I was intrigued by the passion play I did, I don't really have a lot of history in terms of knowing about it I remember when Mel Gibson did the passion of the Christ mm -hmm. that's probably close to the passion play but it isn't exactly it but it's sort of that focus on what on how that's really the core of the Christian faith is what's going on in the Passion Play. Yeah. And to me, it's a great opportunity to actually to have a story that has those deeper spiritual themes that really tie into the setting as well, if that makes sense. So I just found the whole thing intriguing and you invited me and I said, yes, so here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Heather? Um, you, you talked about personalities and how not all box sets, not, not every person works well together. Their personalities don't always mesh. And so in this case, I'd love to say it was because Easter is a profound holiday for Christians, which it is. Um, but the, what, what drew me to this one was that I trusted the team that was putting it together. I felt like this was a group of people I could work with and that would put out um, a quality product that my readers would, that, that I could endorse to my readers. You know, I could say, you want, you want to read all of these books and um, stand behind that. So that's what drew me specifically to this one. Um, but I, like Narelle said, I, and I would say, it's not just that Easter is as important as Christmas. It's that without Easter, Christmas doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Yeah. Valerie. Well, I mean, besides that, it was partly my idea. I know <laughs> Beth and besides I just stepped back and forth. We were like, we should, if people, there should be more Easter stories. We should write some Easter stories. We should write some Easter stories together. I, I don't remember who said what, when, but this has been brewing for literally two years. Yeah. Um, and so it's, um, and yet the idea never came to me as I should write an Easter series. It just, it came in my mind, fully fleshed as um, as a multi-author series, never really thought about it as um, multiple books per author in this case, but just, let's just, let's just do this. Yeah. Well, here we are. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, how many times did it just crop up? Because yeah, I'd think about it and we'd talk about it and we'd sort of let it die off and then you'd bring it up again and then we'd sort of let it die off. And just the fact that it kept coming up and we're like, you know, maybe this really is something we need to do. But I agree. I never, it never was like, oh, I'll, I'll write an Easter series that, no, that didn't. Although I have books like my Hope Ranch series, I think almost every single book in that series has a fairly large Easter scene, yes. not an Easter yeah. series. Um, but you know, yeah, it, it, it always was a multi-author concept, um, yeah, since the beginning. Definitely was. Yeah. Cool. All right. So does your writing process differ when you're working as part of a multi-author series? How, why, why not? And is it harder or easier, Narelle? <laughs> Well, it depends on where you are in the order and what you're doing. So if I talk about Trinity Lakes, which is the multi-author series that I've that's releasing now, um, I led that out with the first book and every single minor character, side character had to matter in that book. 
I couldn't just have a throwaway character that was never going to reappear. If I named someone or talked about it, it had to matter. And the setting then had to gel with the story worlds of everybody else. And so it became almost a group project, Mike. I did this 10,000 word outline for everyone first. And people who don't outline were completely freaked out. And I pretty much stuck to it. Like the bones of the story, all the turning points, everything was pretty much the same. I just had to add details. And then my first drafts were communally looked at as well to make sure oh that goodness. they made sense. And this, I actually, my first draft was very setting heavy as well. So it was very much focused on the setting. And then it was later drafts where the story and the characters got deepened. So that's very different to what I would normally do for just something I was writing for myself. Whereas with the Easter one we're doing here is I'm tying up the loose ends in this one. So looking at what you guys have already written, because I'm running late, but that's that won't surprise anyone who knows me. Um, and so but the advantage of running late is actually I can tie up stuff that needs to be tied up and, and bring the series home at the end as well. And so I really enjoy the challenge of actually getting different characters, different plot threads, different things that are happening and actually weaving and working that into a, into a story. So I find it challenging and fun. It is harder, but sometimes the things that are hard are the best things. Okay. Heather? Um, so much harder. <laughs> <laughs> so here's, here's the thing. I write slower than every other author in this set. Um, so I had to start my story sooner. So by the time the next author started writing their story, I was already half done. Um, and so like I had to finish and then go back and layer in the characters and events from other people's stories. And that's that for me, that's harder to do. That's not um, that's not the way that I think and the way that I write. And so that that made it much more of much more of a challenge. But I think the end product is rewarding. I think the end product is worth it. Like Narelle said, what um, you know, those things that are worth doing, sometimes they're just harder. Um, so yeah, for me, it was a more difficult process, but worth it. Valerie? Both. Both harder and easier. Yeah. Um, the harder part is that uh, my own vision of how something might play out might not work and uh, didn't work. <laughs> and so then I have to rewrite do some bending for somebody else where when I write a story that's between me and my readers then I just write it how I want to write it and it's how it is folks it's how it is uh, but it was also easier in some ways because as I um, got a chance to see what you guys were doing I could go oh uh, I could um, I could put that event in my story that would fit right about oh that would make a good turning point for this or or that kind of thing and it inspired some scenes that wouldn't have uh, maybe had any meat any other way so harder and easier um different just let's just say different not the same call yep. but fun i wouldn't want to do it every time though no no um yeah i would say harder harder <laughs> Harder. Am I the only one going with easier at all? <laughs> I um yeah, yeah, harder. Um, because I, I know for me I found with this and then with Arcadia Valley, the previous multi-author series that Valerie and I were part of. Um, well, that that was Valerie's baby. That was her idea. So um coordinating with other people can be a joy. Um, it can also be not a joy. <laughs> So, <laughs> very diplomatic yes yeah, sometimes you know you ask a question and it sort of just flies out there into the void and you're like tapping your feet thinking I would like to write but I really need the answer to this and I know for me like there are authors who are like they can put in you know xxx insert blah 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 here xxx and then keep going I don't write that way I start on page one and I write to page the end and that, then I'm done. <laughs> I don't. That's how I write. I do not write a scene here and a scene there. And oh, this would bridge them together nicely. And I'll go back and layer this stuff in later. And I, I can't do that. I don't. I don't do that. Um, most like, I don't. I don't. People talk about all these multiple drafts of things, and I, I write one. I write one draft, and then it gets gets beta read. 
and then I send it to my editor. That's that's what it is. Um, so, so it is a challenge for me to not have instantaneous access to the information that I need, which when other people's schedules have to be taken into consideration, um, you don't. So, you know, so it's like you can hit Google up for the answer. Right. I can't just Google it right then and now. Um, I have to wait for someone to tell me. And that is very um, hard for my impatient little soul. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're like me, you didn't know that you needed this question answered yesterday. Right. You need it answered now because now is when you know that there's a question. Right. Right. And if you don't get the answer in the next five minutes, then you know your kids are going to like explode and your writing time is going to be over. <laughs> and and who knows when you'll get back to it at that point. Um, so it's it's definitely challenging for me. Uh, rewarding. I will agree with people that it is rewarding, but um, but hard. <laughs> I think a hard That's thing hard. is if, if you're writing a series and an author leaves the group with characters that you factored in, And even though I do a lot of outlining in my head, I have had that experience where I've lost a section of characters and that messes my process. Like I can, I can lose three to six months on that purely because it was all worked out how this was going to happen. And just that one piece of the jigsaw being pulled out can be quite, um, it can, it can writer's block you. Yeah. As well. Uh, well, it can give, it gave me writer's block. I had writer's block on the, a particular book for that very reason, because I lost minor characters that I've already factored in. And how do I unpick these from this world? Because it's all in my head and they're not, it might meant to be in my head and it doesn't make sense. I can't keep them. And yeah, so that can be quite angsty as an author trying to manage some of those logistics as well, which is why I'm trying to be very careful. And if I'm going to commit to something, I need to do it. Even if I'm going to run late, it has to be released. It has to be done. I don't want to back out because I know how hard it can be on the other authors if you do back out and they've already started writing with your characters, yeah. with your with their characters in your book. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what was the best thing about writing your book that you set in Gilead? And then on the flip side, what did you struggle with the most? Narelle? Uh, my best thing is I've always wanted to write a cowboy hero. And so my book has a cowboy hero who's also a farm mechanic. But, um, yeah, so that was the best thing for me was actually writing a Western because it's something I always wanted to do and I thought, right, we're in Kansas, I can do that. Um, <laughs> and just it was, and I've never been to Kansas, so it's completely new to me, the whole the whole setting, the whole place. So as a Aussie traveling there, my heroine's Australian. I sort of have enjoyed the journey of being with my heroine and exploring this new place with her. So that's been really fun. And it's the struggle is how close to the deadlines I am in terms of running late. And that is the challenge and life happens and people die and you, you can't, you've got other priorities with family and sometimes you just can't, there are sometimes when you can't write because you've got to look after other things in your life yeah. that are more important than what you're doing. And so that's probably the hardest part is having all these unexpected obstacles crop up that then domino affect everything else down the line. So something that happened in 2022 is affecting where I am in 2023 because I should be further ahead, but I'm not because of other stuff. So that's the hardest part for me is running late. Heather? Um, I like the, the, my favorite part of working on this story was just getting to know the community of Gilead and getting to know the little characters that are those those secondary and tertiary characters that just show up here and there and add so much flavor to the story. Um, and I, I I just I loved I loved developing those characters and getting to know them and seeing what the other authors were doing with some of those same characters and getting to bring some that of their fun. secondary characters into my story. That was just so much fun for me. Um, the hardest part, I think. Um, two things like like Val mentioned earlier there's this sometimes you have a vision for the way something's going to go but then when you're when you're collaborating with other people their visions are different and so you have to find a way to make everything work so that everybody's vision is um at least overlaps enough to to work yeah um and and the other challenge for me was writing to a calendar I I don't write to a calendar I just I write stories that start in a season and go and I don't really um, pin it down on a calendar but for this we had to because we were all working off of the same thing and we had a play that was happening it had the same opening night the same closing night 
rehearsals were on this, or auditions were on this week. And um, so writing the story to the calendar was really hard because I don't, I don't plot, I don't outline. Um, normally it's it's this idea in my head, you know? And and so um, I tried making a little spreadsheet with the calendar of what was gonna happen. And as I tried to do that, basically I had my characters at Happily Ever After within two weeks. And I was like, oh, this isn't going to work. <laughs> I need to stretch this out over months. Um, and so that was that was a huge challenge for me, comical at times, but yeah. That's interesting. Valerie? Um, I love the chance of doing an, a really Easter themed story with like redemption um, being a very strong theme in it. That to me was was the big thing as I as we sat at the very beginning and I'm like, okay, what are the Easter, what are the what are the themes? What is Easter all about? How can that be um, part of this character's journey? And to me that was just really uh one of the, the highlights for me was planning something that just nailed easter i hope it nailed easter why jesus came and um just really drilling into that uh, to me that was a lot of fun and re very rewarding and then the hard part like like uh, heather said too was just the writing at different speeds and and that there wasn't always or often, as Beth said, somebody to bounce things off of exactly when, when you needed it. You had to, you know, sit back, wait for a day or two, sometimes, sometimes even longer uh, for, uh, for a reply that would work and then rejigging things for that. So it did, it did go a little bit slower than my usual writing speed because of that. But it, it actually, like when I look back at, you know, like just the, the year chunked off it wasn't really that much more it just it felt like it on certain days um I think for me I enjoyed um the best part is is being able to work other people's characters into my story where I could um and that then also flies into the worst thing which I've already talked about is waiting waiting for responses from people because I was, you know, I don't feel like I was able necessarily to incorporate other people's characters in as much as I would have liked to. Um, I got Heather's in, I got some of Valerie's in and that's kind of it. I tried to throw a couple mentions of death else in there, but I just, the, where we were at the time, it wasn't, I did what I could, um, you know? Yeah. And so and your characters and mine didn't overlap a whole lot just yeah, in no. what you were doing. So yeah. yours were probably the least mentioned in mine, which is yeah. unusual for the way you and I work. Yeah. But it's how it was. It's how it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. So And we um, have a scene that's shared, but we have carry like your heroine and my heroine are not going to be talking to each other. No. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean Beth or Becky is she Beck or Becky, she calls herself. She's a student at the college, and you've got Wendy who's working there. So they're not going to naturally cross paths, but we do have a scene in the um, college cafeteria. So there is some crossover. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. There's, there's some crossover. Yeah. Um, but it will just, if your characters aren't besties, it's really hard to force yeah. those interactions that would just not naturally happen. Yeah. yeah. Unless they're co co actors in a scene or something like right. that. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, and then also, like, I did have. I had this grand plan of how to work in some other characters and I was really excited about it. And then that author ended up dropping out. And so I was like, wah, wah, <laughs> you know, that was, that was kind of sad. Um, but I mean, it is what it is. Um, and I still really love my story. I think it turned out well, um, but, but there are challenges with the multi-author thing. <laughs> And that's so, the advantage for me going last is that I was able to clean that up. Yeah. So there won't be the loose ends that could have been left with having an author who sadly had to drop out can again get tidied up with the last story, that, which is mine, that will release. So it all will be tied up with nice bows. It's all good. <laughs> exactly. All right. So we will take just a couple, like, real fast because we're actually running, we're running a little long. Surprise. Um <laughs> 
Not surprised. That's never happened before. Nobody's surprised. Um, But we can talk briefly about our books. Um, You know, tell us, not like the back cover copy, but close, close to the back. Close to the back cover copy. The back cover copy in your own words. Um, Narelle, do you want to go first since you, you know, don't have a back cover copy? <laughs> I will have back cover by the time this episode ends. Well, it's all right. So I'll be very honest. We're recording this episode in advance and my book is not on pre-order and my book is not finished, but it will be finished and it will be on pre-order <laughs> when this episode airs and it will be releasing. So it's all good. <laughs> So my um, hero is from Gilead, Sam. He's a farm mechanic. He's actually comes across Valerie's hero in the story. They um, yes. they come across each other from work. So there's a connection there. Um, he's also been in the Passion Play doing the set moving and all the set changing, all that kind of stuff as well. Um, my heroine, her name is Beck. She's from a previous series in my um, Sydney Sweetheart series, her brother, is Zach and she's basically running away from a big mess in Australia to the middle of nowhere which is Kansas and Gilead and she's made some poor decisions and she really wants to spend a year studying the Bible and she's got a a history major from her degree and really walk closer with Jesus and so part of being a student there is to actually volunteer for the passion play and she gets paired up with Sam doing set moving and all that kind of thing because the last thing she wants to do is be on stage and be seen by anybody (laughs) so she was never going to volunteer to actually do that and so um, Sam at the beginning not Sam at the beginning of the story he's just he's 25 and He's just found out that from his grandfather's will that he's a joint owner of the family ranch where he lived for a few years when after his father had a work accident. And so he's really torn about, well, well am I going to stay in Gilead? Am I going to move to the ranch? Can I do farm mechanic work at the ranch? So he's in that transition phase. And um, she, as I said, Becky's only meant to be there for a short period of time so you've got the distancing that happens as well but there's a few other there's a blind date and there's a fake relationship and there's a few other fun things that will pop up in the story um my characters are dawson and letty dawson is the um a january hire at the college he runs the audiovisual department so he's brand new in town when the series when the when my story starts when the semester for the school starts. Um, Letty runs the coffee shop in town and she also provides refreshments during auditions and rehearsals and will run the concession stand during the actual passion play. Um, so they they kind of run into each other in working on the play, um, but it is a second chance romance for them. So they don't quite realize that at first. So there's, there's a little backstory there. Um, both of my characters are running away from their past. Like um, Dawson has had some some he he lost someone that he loved close to Easter and that just completely um, changed the way he thinks about Easter and he when he finds out that part of his job is running sound for this Easter play he's like what nobody told me that and they're like but it's right there it's in the contract and and um, so that was just a like a divine appointment where God got him into that that role because that's where he needed to be Um, and Letty is she has things in her past she ran away from home when she was um, 16, 17, and, and um, landed in Gilead and was taken in by someone local there and cared for. And um, she's she's grown up and she came to Christ in Gilead. And she's um, just this wonderful person who still has this, this little black hole in her past that is um, she hasn't been able to move past. And so some things happen and, and they both get a little bit of resolution in that um, that renewal and rebirth that we think of when we think of Easter. So, Valerie. So my story is called Her Unlikely Hero. And the unlikely hero is Connor Hamlin, who's kind of skirted around some of my previous books as a kind of a tertiary character, really. He's been mentioned a few times. And so my readers will know him. Um, He's been kind of a bad boy, which made him ideal candidate for my redemption hopes here. Um, He's in Gilead because he's been drifting since he dropped out of high school and he's landed up here working on a on a farm that he kind of likes the job and he's got the opportunity to stick around so why not. Um, 
And then he's got some things in his background. Again, people who've read some of my other stuff will know that he is the father of um, one of my other characters sons so he's the bad guy from from back then um and and then the girl that he meets here who's in the wardrobe department at um at the passion play has a very similar setup in her life as to um connor's previous girlfriend so he's leery a bit about that as well but the most fun thing really was throwing um an unbeliever into the role of playing Jesus in the uh, passion play like it was it was a lot of fun doing that and just see seeing his um grappling with I mean is this even real right and then what uh what Jesus came to mean to him so that was a, a lot of fun there and if I had Deb's um blurb here I would be happy to read it but I don't have it um on hand so I'm sorry about that because we were really hoping she'd be here today. I'm really sorry that she's uh, fighting with a norovirus. Yep. So um, mine is uh, Wendy Hall, who is the sister of Whitney Hall, uh, who you met in The Billionaire's Nanny. And so, um, so uh Whitney had sort of escaped Gilead because she hated small town Kansas, but Wendy has sort of stuck there, all, mostly feeling that someone has to stick around and be the good daughter and be with her parents and, you know, that kind of thing. She just sort of does what's expected. So she was married um, in The Billionaire's Nanny, and she had two daughters, and there was a car accident, and now she is widowed and bereft of her children. So, but she just sort of buries the grief and buries um, everything, <laughs> really. Uh, and for, for reasons, she has reasons, um, secrets that she doesn't really feel like she can even say aloud to herself when no one's around. Um, and Preston is from Chicago and he is from a wealthy family. That, and his, his great-grandmother met his great-grandfather at Gilead Bible College. So she sends Preston to, to the town because she wants to set up an, an endowment of sorts or scholarship fund, something, give money to the college because she has fond memories and she wants to make sure that it continues to, to equip people to love Jesus. And he sort of feels like he should be able to do this over the phone, <laughs> but uh, great grandma's insistent that he goes down. And um, so, because Wendy runs the... Um, fundraising section of the college he interacts quite a bit with Wendy and um it really is more about from the Easter theme standpoint uh renewal for Wendy uh than it is for for Preston um although he has he has some growth but not not as much as Wendy does so um so yeah mine is her billionaire benefactor uh Valerie's is her unlikely hero Heather's is his runaway crush. And I've completely forgotten what yours is called. Mine, yeah, mine is her cowboy blind date. That's right. Okay. And Deb's um, is... Deb's is called his second chance cowgirl. Okay. So, and Valerie's, mine, and Heather's are already out by the time this will air. So ours are there. Go forth and read. And uh, Deb's... Read and over Val's, and over again. Over, Yes. <laughs> Debs and sure. Val's, uh, Debs and Narelle, sorry, uh, should be out hopefully soon. <laughs> so just keep an yes. eye. Uh, there is a series page on Amazon. Yay, Valerie, for getting that squared away. Um, yeah. So they're conveniently located right next to each other. <laughs> yes. In order. In order. In order, even. So um, I have the links for the other ones in the back of mine back to my page that I'll update when Narelle and Debs' links are live. So um be easy to follow through hopefully you know Beth and Heather are doing this all so I haven't checked uh, <laughs> to make it easy for people to follow through yeah yeah I have a book page on my um website yeah. so I've already got or at the time of recording it's just a pink cover with the title and coming soon but <laughs> I will be doing the cover reveal and that will all be happening so it's all good 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 all right final thoughts on Eastern Gilead anyone no. 
I'm so okay. glad we did it. It's yeah. my final thought. <laughs> and I've really enjoyed it and I'm glad we did it. Yeah, definitely. Me too. All right. So if you have read any of our Eastern Gilead books, uh, we would love to hear from you. <laughs> or if you have thoughts on Easter themed books or, you know, anything that you would like to chat about um, sadness over the lack of Cooney in these episodes, you know, any, <laughs> any of those things, um, leave us a comment on our YouTube channel or on our Facebook page. And while you are over on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell. So you never miss an episode. And um, we will see you again next week. In the meantime, don't forget to fall in love with a good book. Bye. Bye. Bye everyone. Bye folks.